0: Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture and the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! I want to talk about reconstruction. 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 So in Luke chapter 24 in the Passion Translation, this is right after Jesus has risen from the grave. Verse 13, it says later that Sunday, two of Jesus's disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of about 17 miles. They were in the midst of a discussion about all the events of the last few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them in their journey. They were unaware that it was Jesus walking alongside them for God prevented them from recognizing him. Seventeen, eighteen. Jesus said to them, "You seem to be in a deep discussion about something. What are you talking about? So sad and gloomy." They stooped or they stopped, and the one named Cleopas answered, "Haven't you heard? Are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that have happened over the last few days?" I'm gonna pause it, if you don't mind going back just for a minute. Um, This that yeah, this how you know they didn't know it was Jesus. I mean. Yeah, well, y'all y'all laughing. You know where I want to go with this, but you know how sarcastic with Jesus. I, if I was Jesus, I would have been like, whoo, God, you better, be, you, better be, you better be glad you covered me. They don't, they don't know who they're talking to because we see the woman say, are you the only one? This is the way it reads in my head. I don't know how it reads when you read the Bible, but in my head, this is the way it reads. I'm reading the scripture. Are you the only one, man? You the only one in Jerusalem? Ain't you her? Where you been, bruh? Jesus, died. where are you at? Wake up. All right, verse 19. Thanks. <laughs> Jesus asked, what things? The things about Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they replied. He was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders. His words were powerful, and he had great favor with God and the people. But three days ago, the high priests and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and had crucif- and had him crucified. We all hoped... That he was the one who would redeem and rescue Israel. Let's start right here for a minute. I want you to see that, that last sentence. We all hoped that he was. Somebody say was. was. So quick English lesson. If you didn't know, but the word was is past tense. So the fact that, now nah, I'm pretty sure we all knew that. But the fact that they, had, it says that we all hoped that he was. So therefore their belief in Jesus being who he said it was was no more. They no longer had hope. A sheer confidence, faith, that firm persuasion. They no longer had hope that Jesus was who he said he was. So therefore, they lost faith. They lost all confidence. They lost it all. And watch this. When they said we had all hope that he was, obviously, past tense. Their hope in Jesus being the Messiah, redeeming and rescuing Israel was now no more. So based off the current events, based off of their expectations not being met, they lost hope. What, what in your life? What in your life have you lost hope over just because it, your expectations weren't met? Just because the outcome didn't line up with your expectations? Or just because you're still in that waiting season or in that waiting mode? What 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 have we lost hope in? You know, literally, they, literally it says that they, they gave up on Jesus. Why? Because, well, he died. I guess, I guess he wasn't who he said he was. Forget the fact that he raised a man from the dead. Forget that he had the biggest buffet ever. Going to the Corral and Ryan's, blessed R.I.P. Ryan's, couldn't compete to the buffet that Jesus did. Biggest fish fry love Paris, Tennessee, but they can't compare it to the biggest fish fry Jesus did. Amen. Amen. The, the, despite, despite raising a, uh, uh, healing a, a, a sick girl, despite all the miracles. Uh, he no, he died on a cross. I guess he wasn't who he said he was. They lost all hope. Lost all hope. All because their expectations weren't met. A lot of times our expectations don't get met by God because they're rooted in religion. A lot of times our expectations don't get met by God because they're rooted in religion. Because, see, these two individuals, they had they had a picture of who they thought the Messiah was going to be based off the the religion that they grew up in, based off of Judaism. And Jesus didn't fit the mold of Judaism. He did not fit it one bit. The only bit that he fit was, the only bit that he fit, that's funny, the only bit that he fit was the fact that he came through the bloodline. Amen. That was it. Everything else Jesus did, I mean, that's what ticked every Pharisee and Sadducee off, was the fact that mm-hmm, they were sad because he didn't fit the bit. <laughs> but understand this, every expectation, a lot of expectations that we have, the reason that God doesn't mean it is because they're rooted in religion rooted in a strict system that is uh that is void of God that is void of the peer Croesus fellowship that is that is void of that freedom that love that continuous sharing of love and freedom and joy <clears throat> a lot of times our expectations don't get met because God because by God is because they're rooted in religion so really that makes us want to do an inventory on ourselves and be like okay well i i, I I'm expecting this but is is that really is is that more of a religious thing, or is that more of a based in freedom thing? You know, my my prayers this week when I was getting ready to start the the harder route at work, and I didn't want to pray because obviously my mindset was in a religious mindset to the point where I'm like, well, I didn't do this, so why am I going to ask God to bless this? Jesus. Or you know what I? T- I didn't give enough that week, or I, I'm, I, I, I doubt this, so, I, so how come, why would I, why, why, why would I, why, 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 and God's sitting, God's sitting in heaven like, and God's not even sitting in heaven, the, the fellowship of the Trinity is literally with us, in us, just standing there like, bro, it's, it, that's not, it's not about that, it's not about that. My kids, my kids understand this, I believe this is one of the reasons that Jesus said if we're going to come to him, we need to come like children. But my kids, they never say, OK, Daddy, it is, I'm hungry, so let me go clean my room so you'll feed me. <laughs> <laughs> Kenan don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen definitely don't say that. I don't, I, don't, I don't see in the middle of night when any time, uh, if I ever do hear Cohen and wake up, I never see Cohen rolling over, slapping Kelsey. Mother, mother, let me change my diaper, then I request for you to feed me. I never see my kids, and I'm pretty sure most of us, never seen little kids come up to the parent and say, okay, let me do these conditions, and then please feed me. Then please reward me. No, like, the boys, they they have the right viewership of it. Hey, Daddy, we are your your kids? We're hungry. (laughs) Keena wakes up in the morning, Daddy, I'm hungry. Not I love you, not good morning, not, Daddy, how, how did you sleep? Did you sleep good on the p- I know you worked yesterday, Daddy. Is your back hurting? Are your knees good? How are they feeling? No, it's just, Daddy, I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm hungry. <laughs> I know, and I, I accept it. I embrace it. I laugh. I smile. I don't get offended because, you know what, I'm like, me too, son. Me too. (laughs) All right. Let's go downstairs so we can take care. All right. Brother still, still, brother wake up when he wakes up. Come on, Keenan. Let's go. This morning, Keenan woke up. Daddy, I hung. Me too, buddy. Let's go. Like your brother, he'll catch up when he catches up. (laughs) Like, come on. You get this from me. But they never, they never, they never, based off of their needs, they never say, okay, dad, let me do these different things and then reward me for it, please. No, they had the right viewership. Hey, we're your kids. This is what we need, and we know you're going to meet it. And if you ask Kellen, he'll tell you, because, because my daddy loves me. Kenan said it last week, and when Kelsey told me, it made me so happy that they had a random conversation going on at work or at Montessori, and Kenan literally turned around and said, uh, my daddy loves me. And then went about whatever he was doing? Kids, they have the, they have, my kids, at least they have that right viewership of my, my, my mommy, my daddy, they love me. Therefore, whatever I needed, yeah, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And if they ain't going to do it, they'll go to the store and do it. We ain't got Pop-Tart Bites. Daddy, we're out of Pop-Tart Bites. Not, Daddy, we're out of Pop-Tart Bites. Would you like to go get us some? No. Daddy, we're out of Pop-Tart Bites. Or, there's no cheese in my lunch? Daddy, there's no cheese in my lunch. Da- Hello, Daddy. There's no cheese in my lunch. Because they understand that whatever need and desire that they have, out of the goodness of their father's heart, he'll provide it. How come five and three-year-olds and infant can understand this, but we as adults who are fully mature, or watch this, or are we really mature? Maybe there's some unlearning that we need to start doing in our lives. Maybe, maybe there's some things that we need to unlearn and let go and be like, you know what, Lord, no, 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 I, I, this, this, is, this is something I desire. And, Lord, I know that there's not enough chapters I could read in the Bible to convince you. But, Lord, you meet the desires of my heart. So, therefore, Lord, I thank you that you will provide this in the right time. And until it comes, I'll trust you. I will not doubt your goodness. See, that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to doubt God's goodness. That's what he did with Adam and Eve. Well, are you sure God's good? I mean, why would he not create you in the same image? Go eat of that. You'll be like God. I mean... Well, come on. Hello. And he's like, well, that makes so much sense. I guess we're not like God. And that and I said this before, but every lie can be traced back to the lie, which is God is withholding things from us. And he's not. God is not withholding things from you. God is not withholding His love. God is not withholding his mercy and his grace. He does not withhold these things from us and the fact that and religion tells us that he does and the fact that that jesus did not meet every religious quota and the fact that he died these two men they are doubting who jesus is they doubted they said okay well i guess he's not who he said he is he hey we thought he was the one that would redeem and rescue israel but he died paul says something about this in colossians chapter 2 verse 20 through 23 we'll go verse by verse But in verse 20 he says verse 20 to 21 sorry but uh Oh, okay. I thought it was together. My bad. Verse. Oh no, you good. Uh, verse twenty says, "For you were included. For who? Who's you? Me. me. Ah. I, I didn't. I didn't make this up. I didn't be like, you know, we're gonna talk. No, no, no. This is the Bible. For you. Somebody say me. Me. Were included in the death of Christ and have died with him to the to the. Oh, there's a. Hey, hey, hey. I forgot to reread this this morning, so this is a nice shot to me too. Look at this. For we have died with him to the religious system and powers of this world. Don't retreat back to being bullied by the standards and opinions of religion. So I love this verse just right off the bat. Paul tells us he said he 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 couples together the powers of this world and he couples the religious system. He says they go hand in hand. Mm. Who's the ruler of this world? Dark darkness. The dark, the dark. He's he saying that the rulers of this world and the religious system, they go hand in hand. They're best friends. They're first cousins. Forget first cousin. They, they are siblings. But also Paul says this. He says, don't retreat back to being bullied by the standards and opinions of religion. I love it because he doesn't say don't 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 be deceived by the kind whispers of religion. Why? Because there's no grace in religion. It's therefore what religion does, it bullies us. Well, Lindsay, you better make sure you pray this week. You know, you got that type of week. You better make sure you get your prayer quotas in. You better make sure that you that. Oh, you had impure thoughts. Well, God, don't don't don't. You better repent. You better repent long and hard. You bet you better fast because you had those impure thoughts or you didn't like that person. You wanted to go off. But you 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 may not say anything, but you said it in your heart and in your mind. And, you know, all these different things that the spirit of religion loves to bring back to us. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church, but I know I'm talking to somebody this morning. All the different things the devil loves to throw at us and remind us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We all have those moments. You get around that person, you're like, mm-hmm. They're like, how are you? I'm good. And your heart and your mind, you're like, why are you even here? I promise, boy, you better be glad the spirit of, you better be glad I'm covered under the blood. And there's sometimes where we'll be like, Lord, you know. You want to cover one more thing under the blood? If you want to cover one more thing, I'll give you one more thing to cover real quick, Lord. I get. I give you one more thing, Lord, just just 10 seconds. 10 seconds. One hit of quitter. Let's go. I had that moment yesterday. I'm I'm be transparent. I had that moment yesterday. I'm at work. This one lady said something to me. She said, hey, she didn't say anything else to anybody else in the building. We all doing the same thing, but she 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 pits on Melton. And I'm like, "Lord, yes." I'm like, I'm like, "Laura." And she know she knows. I'm like, "My name is right here." It's on my badge just call me lindsey but we'll get to that later we'll, i don't know but anyway she said something and i'm like lord she ain't saying nothing to anybody else she's saying to me i'm like god here i am casing the mail i'm like lord there's one more if there's if you want to cover one more thing under the blood just go and give me a sign right now give me anything gotta be a big flashing sign just give me just give me that confirmation right now lord 10 seconds all i need is 10 seconds jesus give me them 10 seconds lord i'm quick with it god you know i am I didn't get no sign, so I kept working. <laughs> I even thought about, Lord, am I still in my ninety days? I'm st- so I'm starting to count in my head. Like I've been working at Jackson, so maybe I'm maybe I'm past nine. I'm like, I don't think I passed ninety days, Lord. Is that the sign? You don't want me to do it, Lord? Is that the sign? You don't want me to introduce her to the five-fold nuffle shuffle, the five-fold ministry? The is that the sign? You don't want me to lay hands on her and 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 pray for her? Pray for her, you know. But we all have those moments. And Paul said that do not retreat back. So therefore, if in order to retreat, that means you have to literally go back. So we are in a state of freedom. What Jesus has done, he has freed us. That's why we're saying freedom reigns in this place, not just in this building, not just in this church service, but in this vessel, Amen. in this vessel. I'm, I'm just being honest. Jesus didn't die for this building. He died for this building. He didn't die for those windows. He died for this window. Amen. He didn't free those windows. He didn't remove the veil off that window or that window or the windows. Other, he removed the veil off these windows. Amen. This window. This window. This vessel. Somebody say this vessel. This vessel is who he shed his blood for. Yes. This vessel. It's yes. who he took the stripes on his back for. Yes. Mm. This vessel is, who is, this vessel is who he uh, decided to not say a word when they accused him. Jesus. If anybody had any umption to say, if anybody had a right to say something, it was him. Amen. I mean, if anybody had a right, but still. And Paul says, don't retreat back to the religious system. Don't be bullied by the religious standards and opinions of religion. I like how it said opinions. It didn't say truth because there's no truth in religion. If there's truth in religion then jesus never would have had to come Amen. God. the law would have been enough the ten commandments would have been enough your denomination would have been enough hey. yes mm. verse 22 if you don't mind or and that's verse 21 there we go for example paul says for example there's strict requirements you can't associate with that person or don't eat that or you can't touch that <clears throat> and that's first please these are the doctrines of men and corrupt customs that are look at these last five words worthless to help you spiritually worthless to help you spiritually Jeez. worthless to help you spiritually after reading this church why are we still glorifying traditions Why? Why? Why is the bride of Christ? Why do we still glorify traditions? Why do we still glorify denominations? Why do we still glorify rituals? Why do we still glorify a strict uh, 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 holiness? Why do we strict or why do we glorify? Well, if you do this, it's going to achieve this. If you do this, it's going to move God to do this. Why do we still glorify that? Thank you, baby. Baby's clapping for me back there. But he said the he said those last five words, they are worthless to help you. What spiritually? Spiritually. Your, your dress code, that don't help you spiritually. Amen. The dress code that we apply on others don't help them spiritually, don't help us spiritually. What time you start service don't help you spiritually. The amount of chapters that you read don't help you spiritually. I, and I'm, not I'm not saying please don't read the Bible. No, no, no. Please read. It's how we eat spiritually. Spending time with the Lord and reading his word. That's how we eat spiritually. That's how we that's how we grow. That's how we are reminded that he is a good God. That's how we are reminded that he may lay that he may put us at a table before our enemies. But we are not by ourselves. Amen. But what I'm saying is literally he said in the in the two verses before, don't be bullied by the opinions of religion. But then also he says that the standards and opinions of religions are worthless to help us spiritually. They are worthless to help us spiritually, worthless to help us spiritually. And the way my mind works, you know, uh, last week was the 20-year anniversary uh, uh, for all the sports fans in here. Last week was the 20-year anniversary. There was a press conference. It was the NBA Finals, Lakers versus Philadelphia 76ers. The Philadelphia 76ers had this legend. His name, he went by the name of Allen Iverson, a.k.a. AI. This brother was a bad man. He was a bad mamma jamma. He was a bad mother is that you jesus that no, that's that was he was good all right and i remember in this press conference and as a kid i didn't know i didn't understand the full weight of it but what he said in this press conference it became a, a running joke for years to come and to the point that he even done a documentary on this phrase and that that's that's how you know in america we got too much time that we're doing documentaries on just one phrase alone but this phrase that he said, has been the run, it's, it's been mentioned in movies, shows, t-shirts, the internet, gifs. But uh, he got irritated in this press conference with the media because they decided to bring up something that, that really didn't have a whole lot to do with anything. And they brought up the fact that he wasn't attending practice. And he said, practice? Really? And he gets ticked off, he gets frustrated, because uh, you know they're talking to him about something that has nothing to do with the overall picture in his mind and yeah, he's frustrated he, he I mean he's frustrated because listen what what we're trying to do is this that you're talking about this over here Paul in the same frustration when he writes this he's like religion really stricter dress code really Refraining from eating certain meats. He's talking to the uh, the church and uh, and that he wrote in Colossians. Really, you, you you think that if you don't eat this, it's going to achieve this. Really, you want to go back to a religious system. Really, you want to believe the opinions that were passed down to you. Really, you want to be devoted to the denomination. Really, you want to create a denomination. Really, you want to be devoted to traditions. Religion? Really? Really, they're worthless to help you spiritually. And he didn't just tell it to them, but God put in... Put that in his heart to tell us now it is worthless to help us spiritually it is worthless to help us spiritually worthless to help us spiritually so therefore when we give in to those ideas when we give in to those desires we're wasting our time better yet we're wasting our purpose better yet we're wasting our existence your existence is limited I don't know if you realize that our time on this earth is it's fleeting it's, it's not as long as we, as we think it is. So, therefore, if it's not as long as we think it is, we should be making the most of every minute, every hour, every day, every year, every month. And Paul said that, really, you want, you want to spend your existence giving into religion, giving into traditions, giving into this, giving it? No, it's worthless spiritually. It's worthless spiritually. Tradition, traditions do not help us spiritually. I'm sorry, but they don't. I'm not sorry. They don't. They don't. When Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't dying to, to uphold a religious system. He was dying to free your soul. Amen. He was dying to bring you back into union with the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. It is a dance that they do. Who, who in here, when, you, when you're mad, you start to dance You don't dance when you're mad. When you're sad, you don't dance. You know, we see the movies where, you know, that one strange person is sad, so they just start dancing. That don't happen in real life. It don't, no. You know, no. Thank you, Cohen. (laughs) When you're dancing, you're happy for the most part. The the music is good, that song, like, oh, that's my song, that's my jam. Yesterday, before before my coworker started being uh, 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 started being a, a a good person, we'll say it that way. You know, she had the she had the radio on um, oldies but goodies, and all of a sudden, um, people get ready came on. I'm like, oh yeah, all right. And I'm singing. I'm putting the mail in. We don't we we don't dance when we're sad. We dance when something is is, is causing that that, uh, that happy emotion or that joyous emotion. So the fact that the Trinity could be referred to as a circle dance, they're they're not they're not up there like oh, oh Miss Alita, oh Andrea, no, oh Kelsey, all oh, them boys, oh Ashley, oh the Shane Rand, no. They're joyous, they're happy. They have this mutual fellowship of love, joy, and freedom, and they want that for us. And the opposite of that is religion. The opposite of that. And and, and listen, I understand we all were raised a certain way. We all grew up a certain way. But understand this. What is it that you are, that you're holding on to that's hindering you? Because these two guys, where they were so broken, the fact that Jesus didn't meet who they thought he was supposed to be religiously. They couldn't recognize that it was him. So, what's our traditions putting a veil over us to keep us from seeing who we're supposed to see? <clears throat> verse twenty-three, Colossians chapter two, verse twenty-three. Paul says this. He says, "For though they may appear to possess the promise of wisdom in their submission to God through the depravation of their physical bodies, it is actually nothing more than empty rules." rooted in religious rituals. That's why I said this earlier. A lot of times our expectations don't get met by God because they're nothing more than what Paul says, empty rules rooted in religious rituals. Empty rules rooted in religious rituals. I heard this earlier this week and I wrote it down. God is not in the business of reinforcing your religion. God is not in the business of reinforcing your religion. He's not in the business of reinforcing your traditions. Say that again. God is not in the business of reinforcing your religion, traditions, and stereotypes. Hmm. That's right. Hoop me up, baby. Listen, I was going over this last night, and I was preaching, and he was—I was holding him as I'm doing it. And he's slapping me. Uh, uh, I was like, "You thought that was a good point, Cohen? Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah." I was like, "Ooh, baby, you're gonna be a—you're mm, gonna be a preacher. You're gonna learn right." Another point: as long as you find security and safety and assurance in your traditions, religious stigmas and rituals, Jesus will never satisfy. As long as we find that assurance, that security, you know, when we think about the good old days, and I, I hate to break it to you, but the good old days weren't really the good old days. Just when we think about the past, we, we tend to leave the bad stuff, you know, on the shelf and we pull off the good stuff, all oh, the good old days. When we did it in 95, listen, I love John Piquet. John Pique is a great singer. But you can ask Kelsey when Kelsey pulls my phone up to listen. If she's ever going to listen to music, there is a ton of new stuff on there. Why? Because I'm always trying to evolve. I'm always trying to grow. I'm always trying to challenge myself. I'm always trying to stretch myself. I'm always trying to say, "Okay, God, what is it? What what is it you want me to know now? What is it you want me to learn now? What is, uh you know, do? What what where do I go from here? We're not called to just." Stay in one place, but we 're called to grow we 're called to reach we 're called to extend so as long as you find security and safety and assurance in your traditions in religious stigmas and rituals, Jesus will never satisfy as long as we trust religion, Jesus will never be enough well lindsay uh, this is the way it 's always been this is the way I known this he'll never be enough. Those two men from Emmaus, they were or walking to Emmaus, they were saying, we knew, we thought Jesus was going to be like this, and he's not. So literally, I mean, could you imagine you standing in the face of Jesus, standing in front of the face to face with Jesus and say, Jesus, you're not enough. We could we couldn't imagine that. It makes us quiver, it makes us shake, but we, we say that sometimes when we're like, God, I, you were supposed to do it like this. Why, how come you didn't do it like this? I, th- I thought it was going to be like this. We, we say that in so many words. <clears throat> That's why I said earlier that there are things that we need to unlearn. If we're, truly, if we're truly going to be in this circle with God, if we're truly going to follow Jesus, if we're truly going to allow him to, uh, to dwell within us. There are things we have to unlearn. Amen. Why? Because, and I know it's scary. Unlearning is a scary process, but Jesus lived the same life that you live now. I know it's hard to believe, but He did. As a kid, my, my parents would say, Jesus lived. Dad would preach that scripture. Jesus lived the same life that we lived on earth. And I'd be a kid, and, and the second Rob, like, yeah, Jesus, watch Power Rangers. What? There's no way. And my mind will go through the whole list. Jesus didn't go to Kwood. How did Jesus live my same life? Jesus, Jesus didn't have allergies. How did Jesus live my same life? I'm, just, I'm being transparent with you. And even as I grow up becoming an adult, I'm like, gee, there's no way he lived the same life. But as we, as, I don't know if you've noticed the last few weeks, but we've really begin to peel the, uh, the layers off the onion. But as we see just his, just the work up to the cross. All that he had to endure Uh sound that I'm like, God, Jesus, you lived our life. You lived our life on this earth. you lived being abandoned by your family or you lived uh, being born uh, uh, to, um, you know, he having a stepfather. Being born to where he was the only one from his uh, from his mother and all of his other siblings were half siblings or being born to the point where he was lost three days, spent three days being lost. And yeah, where I would I would, I would cringe if that was if that was us. You you've lived to the point in life where you, where you were abandoned, where you were beaten, where you were forsaken, where you were where you were cursed, where you were accused, where you uh, experienced uh, injustice. He's lived he's lived our lives. He's lived our life. So there are things that we have to unlearn. So let's say it best this way. Let's let's elevate our perspective and not just say unlearn, but reconstruct. 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 Not deconstruct. Deconstruction is a very hot buzz word. But reconstruction. 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 Let me let me best say it this way. To quote a wise, a wise person told me this. He said, reconstruction is tied into transformation. We're not undoing everything. We are building upon what we have learned. And it's being transformed from glory to glory. We're not tearing down everything that we know and then try to build it back again. But watch this. Revelation is the continuation of seeing Jesus in a new way all the time. Revelation is, is seeing Jesus is a continuation of seeing Jesus in a new way all the time. Lindsay, how do we do that? Well, first off, we strip everything that we thought that he was supposed to be. And when we wake up in the morning, we... Those expectations of God, just put them to the side. You wake up in the morning, Lord, phew, the fact that I'm breathing and I'm awake again. God, thank you for it. The new mercy must have kicked in again. You, Lord, Lord old, I'm awake again. It's a new day. That means there's new grace and new mercy. Thank Lord, thank you for it. Lord, I, I know I got a job. I know I got, I know I have responsibilities, but Lord, your, your plan came first. What you plan for this day, it comes first. Lord, I thank you. I yield to that. I yield to that as I work my job. I yield to that as I parent my kids. Or I yield to that as I be the best type of spouse I could be. I yield to that as I drive in my car. I yield to that as I work. I yield to your plans first. Amen? Amen. Revelation is the continuation of seeing Jesus in a new way all the time. Let me close with this. Back in Luke chapter 24, we'll finish verses 25 through 27. Passion Translation. verse 25 jesus said to them because they literally told him we don't hope we our hope is gone so in verse 25 jesus said to them why are you so thick-headed see i like this jesus right here i like this he's like why are y'all so thick-headed why do you find it so hard to believe every word the prophets had spoken wasn't it necessary for christ the messiah to experience all these sufferings and then afterward enter into his glory Verse 27, this this is the key verse right here, and we'll stay here. Then he carefully unveiled to them. I like that word, carefully unveiled to them. Now, remember, Jesus said that he doesn't do anything apart from his father. So if he's doing it, we can see that the father is doing it. And they they are all one, the father, son, and spirit. So watch this. It's not just Jesus that is carefully unveiling to these two men, but it's the father, son, and spirit. The fact that the, the scripture says that word carefully, most of the time we would just read over that and keep reading. But that word carefully literally means that the father, son and spirit, they decided to reveal themselves in a way that would not damage these two guys. God cares for us so much that he knows the type of ways that he can reveal himself to you that will not damage you. It will not break you. It will not hurt you. It will not destroy you. It literally says that, then he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself. And what did I say earlier? Revelation is a continuation of seeing Jesus in a new way all the time. He's revealing himself throughout the scripture. He started from the beginning and explained the writings of Moses and all the prophets, showing how they wrote of him and revealed the truth about himself. I love this because the Father, Son, and Spirit, they they know how to, to minister to us. They know how to love us. They know how to explain to us. They do it by carefully unveiling revelation to us. In other words, the Trinity unveils revelation in a way that won't break or damage you. See, as these two men, as they walked to Jesus, Jesus guided them through an unlearning process he got it in three unlearning process and then a reconstruction mode he said well, you why are y'all so thick headed listen no 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 here's what you think let me start from the very beginning and he began to build back up build the house the right way he said no 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 what happened with Moses let me show you where i was at in that let me show you where i was at in the, book of, in, the, in the books of Samuel. Let me show you where I was at in the life of David. Let me show you where I was at in Hosea. Let me, yeah, yeah. Let me show you where I was at in Song of Solomon. Let me show you where I was at in Isaiah and Jeremiah. Let me show you where I was at in the life of Samson. Every judge in the, in the life of Gideon, let me show you where I was at. Because see, you had this misconception of me and, let me and I came here to destroy that and reconstruct you the right way to reconstruct you the right way. See, and just like the story in Luke chapter 24, the Father, Son, and Spirit are in our stories too. They're in your story, watch this. They meet us in our world, they meet us in our struggle, they meet us in our miseries, they meet us in our our misconceptions, they meet us in our insecurities, they meet us in in our mountains, and they meet us in our valleys, and they meet us and they answer every real question that we had. These two men, they are at an all-time low. They have lost all hope. I keep saying that, but you got to get it. They had no hope in who Jesus was. And the Father, Son, and Spirit, they saw it, and they met them in their valley, and they answered every real question. See, a lot of times when, 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 when for me and my kids, when, when they start asking me questions that get a little too hot, I, I change I'm like, because Daddy said so. We just move on. But God doesn't do that. When you're like, God, why is my life like this? Or why haven't I found this? Or why hasn't the season changed? Or why hasn't the church grown the way I thought it was going to grow? Guess what? He doesn't avoid it. He doesn't move on. He doesn't try to deflect. He says, no, no, no. Father, Son, and Spirit, let's go into the midst of their season. Let's go into the midst of the valley. and Let's answer every real question by showing them who we've always been. By allowing them to experience what we experience, which is that freedom that love and that peace and that joy and Jesus did that and we're not going to read the rest of the, the I encourage you to do so but literally it says that as he began to uh, unfold and, and they unlearned and they reconstructed as they begin to learn all these different things as Jesus showed it to them literally the Bible says that when they got back to the house and Jesus prayed over the food and disappeared they realized oh, that's why our hearts burned with passion See, when Jesus builds you the right way, there's that there's that passion in your heart that begins to burn and it can't be put out by anything else. There's that passion that becomes renewed when when you're allowing Jesus to unlearn some things in your life. When you're allowing Jesus to reveal things the right way, when you're allowing Jesus to reveal who the Father, Son and Spirit are. When you're allowing Jesus to to bring you into that circle dance when you're allowing Jesus to bring you into the union with Him and His Father and the Spirit. There's a passion there. There's a passion there. This whole week, I ain't even told Kelsey this, but this whole week, the, one of the biggest things I kept thinking about was, Lord, I'm in union with you, your Father, and the Holy Spirit. There's one point I was driving at work and I literally, I had, I had to make a stop and I just, I did a full, my God, I'm in a circle with you. And I know people probably drove past me thinking, man, that mail carrier is crazy. But I I, I couldn't get over the fact that, Lord, I'm in a a, a circle with you. This this peace that you experience, I I can experience it if I want it. This love that I can experience it if I want it. This this anxiety that I have, it, it can be pushed out because you don't experience it. And if you don't experience it, I don't have to experience it. Lord, is that, is that the reality you want for me? Yes. Is that the reality you want for the church? Yes. Is that the reality that you want for creation? Yes. What he experiences, we can experience. And what we, and what we were not created to experience, guess what? We don't have to let it hold us anymore. We don't have to let it hold us any longer. The choice of bondage is a choice. The devil doesn't sneak behind you and put you in bondage. Religion doesn't sneak behind you and put you in bondage. It's a choice. It's a choice to say, okay, I know I was raised this way and there's nothing wrong with the way we were raised. But understand this, we have to sometimes we just have to, to put certain things in the hot seat and say, okay, Lord, am I pursuing it this way because this is you or am I pursuing it this way because it's comfortable? See, the thing about traditions, traditions, you know, we made our home in traditions. We made our home in denomination. We made our home in the the way it was in 95. We made it in our home in the way our our great, 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 great grandparents did stuff. But at the end of the day, Lord, am I pursuing you this way? Do I see you, God, as this type of God because that's who you are? Because that's what the word says? That's that's what you show me to be? Or Or do I see you this way because this is who I was told you were? You know, if you had never met Kelsey and I were to describe her to you, that, that'd be good, but it wouldn't be enough. You would have to meet her. There's things that God has for our life. There is a, there's a way that we are supposed to be living, but it's not enough to be told about it. We should be experiencing it. And what's going to keep you from experiencing it is the firm grip that you have on everything else that is not him. Everything else that is not Him. So listen, what is the Father, Son, and Spirit trying to reconstruct in your life? What is it He's trying to reconstruct in our lives? I will say this: to the Lord put this, and I wrote it down. And I'm done. If you are willing to unlearn and let go of some things, you will start. You will start to experience the circle of love, joy, and freedom that the Father, Son, and Spirit share with one another. If you let go of some things, you know the best way to say it is, you know. Yesterday I got off work and I was tired. I was, I was, a uh, wet dog tired. You ever, you ever seen a dog in the rain? A wet dog, they just, you know. It's courtesy of my job, anyways. But I was, I was, I was dog tired. But I, all I could think about was Kelsey and the boys. Kelsey and the boys. And when I came in and I, and they had, you know, she had uh, called me and sent me pictures of uh, yesterday what all happened on the soccer fields, trophies, ice cream, all these different things. So, I, so that's what I'm thinking about. But I'm tired. My physical body is tired. And I walk in, hug, kiss, and the boys are playing, and I just go lay down in the midst of them. I just go lay. I don't say anything. I just go lay in the middle of them. Daddy. instantly they hug me daddy look at my tablet and they and the, the circle that they have between one another I just laid in the midst of them and they brought me into that circle to the point hey daddy watch this what happens when I do this on my tablet daddy look at this look at that daddy look at my trophy what they had already going on before I got there I had two options I was tired I physically didn't feel like joining in with what they had going on And I could have just moved past them because they were in tablet world. They weren't paying attention to daddy when I first got there, to the point I could have went upstairs and just laid down. Or I could have joined in with what they had going on. So I I decided that to move past my flesh and join in to what they were going on. And then you know this joy bubbled up on the inside of me to the point I was able to get back up and go do whatever I needed to do. This freedom, this strength, this gratitude, this hope. Why? Because they already had it and they included me in it. There's so much that God has for us that just sits in his existence. And, Paul, and the, the, the Luke said in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, he says that we live, we move, our, we have our existence in him. But guess what, you gotta unlearn some things. I think that's the work that he's doing, that he should, that he's, he's been trying to do. And he will continue to do until we are with him face to face. There's always going to be a level of unlearning that he will be trying to do in our life. There's always going to be that reconstruction. Why? Because sin is a very powerful thing. But God is so much greater. Where sin abounds, grace abounds to much more. And that's why I said we have to we have to unlearn the the voices and the media and the apps and the and the denominations and the traditions and all the different things that tell us who God is. And just say, God, who are you? There's been times where I've gotten up early this morning and I've and mom's come out of morning prayer. And sometimes I've asked her the question, what did God show you? Because I, I just I just want to hear it. And sometimes she'll tell me one, one of my favorite moments. Um, replies that she had was just build my confidence up and I'm like Phew. we need to have that to where we can okay God just who who are you show me who you are today I don't care what yesterday looked like today's a new day Lord show me show me who you are show me show me who you are show me show me who I am show me who you have made me to be Show show me why you've placed me in this house. Show me why you've placed me in this family. Show me why you've placed me in this job. Show you why me you've placed me uh, in this family. Show me why you give me these kids. Show you why me put uh, you've put me in this community. Why you've put me in this town. Why you've put me why Lord show me show me show me. And he's not sitting up in heaven like oh I gotta do this again. No no no. He's like okay. Look look we're we're back in this circle. Let me, let me show you who you've always been. Let me show you who I've created you to be. So you can live your life with purpose. So you can live your life with purpose. Amen.